welcome to Fintech Insider Interviews. I'm Simon Taylor. In today's episode, we are shining a light on new, smaller startups in the industry as Megan Johnson interviews Caroline Plum, founder of Fluidly, a new fintech startup transforming the way businesses plan and manage their money, launching this October. And Jonathan Lister and Jasper Martins, the CTO and VP of Marketing at PensionBee. PensionBee aims to make pensions simpler and accessible to all by combining your old pensions into one new online pension plan. Let's hear from them now. I'm with Jasper and Jonathan from Pension B. Um, so Pension B, what is the elevator pitch? So we combine people's pensions uh, into a single online plan that you can manage online. So it's a completely different way of interacting with your pensions than, than most people have today. Okay. And how do you come up with the idea? Well, it, it, it comes from a position of experiencing pension pain. So both myself and the CEO, Romy, have our own pension stories. Um, you know, her trying to move out of a big kind of corporate finance environment, um, me losing my pension uh, from BT after many years of moving around different houses in London when I was younger and the pen paperwork just not following me and realizing that we weren't alone and everybody that you sort of chat to goes, oh yeah, I've got, you know, this or that issue. And you go, yeah, this is a really broken industry. There's something to do here. Yeah. And how long did you have the idea before you actually kind of decided to make it happen and sort of develop the startup? And I guess it was quite quick because um, it was the idea was put together sort of over uh, winter of 2014. Um, and then between, I guess, January and, and May was the, the first fundraising so that we could kick everything off. Um, so it was, I guess, quite quick. Yeah. And I think the team... Like after that, like I joined, I was one of the first people to join after Pension B was founded. But I think the founding team was like six, seven people was September. So it was almost a couple of months afterwards, right? So pretty quickly. Yeah. And how long did it take you to get the product out to market? Uh, so that took about a year. So we did our um, we did our product build sort of, you know, from May, June 2015 through to June 2016 was when we did our very first pension transfer, yeah. which was an awesome day in the office because that was, you know, a year of getting regulation, getting mm-hmm. a product out there, loads and loads of testing with people, changing sort of the details of the proposition three or four times, and then finally getting to the point where you go, wow, we've actually got a real customer who's yeah. moved, moved guys, their pension savings to us. That was amazing. The first transfer. Uh, cake, probably. Yeah, we have, <laughs> we, we, our offices are based near Borough Market. Yeah. They have an amazing cheesecake, cheesecake. Um, so it was Cheesecake Friday, I guess, when the first mm-hmm. real transfer happened. It, it began yeah. a great tradition of Cheesecake Fridays. Yeah. Amazing. Um, so how many customers do you have at the moment? So I've, at the moment, um, we've since we've actually done the first real pension transfer we've had uh, over 37,000 people signing up to pension b and at the moment i think we've moved across just over 5,000 of them um the problem with pensions is and that's also why we started pension b it's such a difficult product uh, for so many people uh, t- to grasp and we uh, for us simplifying it making it uh, it's it's what why we started pension b but the reality is some pension providers are dragging their heels to transfer that money over. So a lot of people are still in the process of transferring some of that money over to Pension B. But yeah, we've had just over 5,000 now. So uh, pretty good feeling. Cool. 
So, I mean, in addition to sort of an easy platform where you can easily transfer all your pensions, do you do a bit of education around pensions and whatnot? So is it kind of a, I don't know, yeah. I guess two different avenues that you're coming in? It's, um, so just be honest, pensions are not really exciting, right? Yeah. So it's not yeah. like buying a new car. It's yeah. not exciting. It's one of those things that is on your to-do list. It's in the back of your mind. So I think for us as a company, overcoming the inertia of like, Doing something, doing something about this or getting excited about this combined with trust. It's a financial product. And as you know, in fintech, lots of fintech companies will struggle with creating that trust. So educating people, bringing it in the front of mind yeah. is being the core part of our approach to acquire customers. Mm -hmm. um, so that can mean, mean anything from, you know, the things you need to look out for around pensions in your 30s to actually much more lighter personal finance topics. Um, our experience is that when people start to realize that it's actually really easy to take control over all your pensions that are dotted around from your previous jobs, um, they get actually quite excited about it. And yes, pensions can actually be kind of an exciting topic. Unfortunately, the industry so far hasn't made it interesting at all. So if you look at the traditional providers, you know, if I go to their YouTube channel today or I go to their Facebook page, it's all about, ooh, pensions, difficult, seek financial advice, do this, do that, uh, be careful. And actually, it's a long-term savings account, if you think about it. And that's how we're trying to approach it and make it as easy as possible. And then people actually do get really excited and, as it, again, they sign up. Yeah, but part of the education is definitely showing people that there's uh, a an alternative yeah. to what they're currently experiencing yeah. and I think actually a lot of people don't realize that and then when they eventually kind of go onto the internet and you know search in frustration or look on the money saving expert forums or whatever um, it's important that like that's when we're visible to them yeah. um, because you know most people's experience with the pension industry is is call centers fax machines sending your passport through the mail all these is really frustrating old-fashioned techniques that uh, you know you could say the industry is using to kind of contain the inertia of, of people yeah. trying to move on. So who are you, are you going after more digitally savvy customers or is there a particular segment you're I, sort I of targeting? I think the bar's quite low. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, <laughs> my my father's in his, in his 70s yeah. and he, he uses an iPad mm -hmm. and does, you know, had, had more apps than I did. And I think, I think that, you know, if you get That's the usability, cool. if, if you get the, well, yeah, maybe. <laughs> Sorry, dad. Um, if you get the, uh, if you get the usability right and you don't confuse people and things are consistent, then they, you know, I think that most people would kind of see the benefits of doing stuff digitally. Yeah. Just more convenient. I'd say, I have to say with regards to customers, I think most pension providers will target people when they almost at retirement. Um, and I think our customer is a little bit younger. So yeah, in that perspective, you're right, uh, probably a bit more digitally savvy, but although my father uses a Revolut card when he goes abroad yeah. on holiday. So just just imagine, we, we assume that people, you know, they're going to tick boxes, but actually a pension beat customer is a bit younger, but they're older than you think. And they're also not just based in London and um, 85 percent of our customers are based outside of London mm. but over 70 percent of our traffic is mobile only 
And we do acquire most of our customers for Instagram and Facebook. Yeah. So it's a mixture. So on the one hand, yes, it's very much more advanced, but you would be surprised in terms of what kind of customer comes through those new channels or through yeah. the mobile. I mean, the, the type of person who's kind of our ideal customer really is the, the type of person that's had, you know, three or four jobs already yeah. and they're, they're partway through their career. So they're in their mid thirties, early forties, and they know they're going to move jobs again. And, Every time you move jobs in this country, you tend to t have a pension. And most people, 80% of people leave the pensions where they are when they move. So by the time you've had five jobs, you've got five pensions. And that's five bits of paper to deal with. That's five people to speak to, five call centers to call up. So we can sort all that out, you know, with minimal sort of input from, from the customer. And that's the sort of people that go, Oh yeah, this is brilliant. Yeah. And how has, um, so you're based in London, how has being based in London, like the support kind of the fintech and startup community, how have you sort of leveraged that and how has that helped you guys get to where you are? I think that's a really good question. I mean, I think being based in the same place has been very beneficial for the team. And I think that London has a natural draw for people who want to work in startups and, and want to work in finance startups, fintech startups. I mean, as to whether we've massively engaged with the fintech community, I'm, I'm not sure. But I mean, certainly because, because it is, it does exist, you know, primarily in London, certainly in a big way in London and the people are there looking for jobs, you know, the, you know, you find them. And I think if we were based in uh, other, you know, great hubs around the country, maybe we would be, we where we wouldn't have met the same people but maybe we'd be stuck i think i think there's one thing that i've definitely seen as an advantage um being based in london is there are lots of other great fintech companies around and meeting with them speaking with them but also coming up with new ideas how we could take our pension concept more forward so for example we've worked with uh, some great companies to offer for example a life pension balance in a money managing app so if, you know with uh, with but a money managing app it's an, uh, a thing we did with them earlier this year that's been very successful in terms of like wow your credit card your bank account and my pension all in one place. How great is that? And, you know, able, able to speak with people from BUT, but also um, our partnership with Revolut that went live two months ago, you know, it's Canary Wharf uh, borough market. Um, it's easier to get to places. So I think geographically together does make uh, an yeah, advantage in that perspective. But um, for me, like working on these partnerships has been quite a, uh, it, may, it has made life a lot easier. Yeah, I think um, we meet a lot of people who do come to London from places like Edinburgh, yeah. Bristol. Yeah. And so I think, you know, you sort of take it for granted that that's where the meetings are going to happen. Yeah. Um, so, so I, yeah, obviously being in London means the travel time's cut yeah. down and yeah, you can be more course. flexible yeah. on timings and yeah. things. I think w like why London's so unique and why there is such a strong fintech scene is just the close proximity of Old Street and Canary Wharf. So you have tech and finance, like a 15 minute too bright away so yeah. i think that it's it's sort of a it's like a natural resource for yeah. london so what's what's the team dynamic at pension b so we we really emphasize happiness as something that drives our culture because we believe that happy staff lead to happy customers and happy customers lead to more happy customers um so i think a lot of the the dynamic um in terms of you know your ordinary company structures 
you know, what your hierarchy is, what your performance management structure is, how you, how you measure people, what, what they do, where they sit, who they work with, the type of things they do. A lot of that's driven by, you know, obviously you've got the, the, the company goals, but then you go, right, how do we create a culture of people that are all proactively really engaged in, in following, you know, the mission of the company? Um, I think one benefit to having a startup is that you can kind of go a bit off piece. So I know you guys have a really fun Slack channel. Yeah, we, <laughs> yeah. I think in finance you have to not take yourself too seriously. Yeah. yeah. Um, otherwise, the customers will notice. Yeah. Um, you should talk about that, Jasper. It's well, your favorite Slack channel. Well, yes. So you know, you found the pension B. I found it. Hashtag guilty pleasures on Slack. Okay, <laughs> right. So um, I think another team dynamic is um, how how people working together on each other. So we're a technology driven company. We simplify pensions by using technology in a very clever way, giving people you know a better pension. So the last thing you should do as a marketeer is say like, I can't, uh, you guys, so this is my spec and I just throw it over the fence and good luck. So from the start, we've been working really close together. You know, all marketeers have a GitHub account. All marketeers should be able to uh, use Markdown and to create pages and content and um, dig into some HTML codes. Um, you guys have enabled us to do that. So, you know, offering technology in a way that allows other people in the team to do it in, you know, work on the project. But yeah, it's amazing to work in a company where uh, a marketeer can actually do a piece of work in GitHub and actually get it published on the website, code review. You've even come up with like a button with a red, a red button and when it's on staging environment and when John says it's great to go, then we just press the button and then it goes to live. So it's the favorite button of the marketing guys as in like, because you've done a piece of work and it's, you've done it yourself. Um, but yeah, it's it, working together, enabling us mm -hmm. to do so is, is awesome. Um, and I've not come across a company who did it in that way. I feel like there's a really negative narrative in the, in the press about, you know, technology getting rid of jobs and um, destroying jobs and putting people out of work. And I think that, you know, the way that we're approaching things is is to use technology to augment what people do and make them better at their job and make us as a company able to do more with the people that we've got. And that's what, that's what makes it possible for Pension B to exist today when it wouldn't have been possible for Pension B to exist in the 1970s, where you could have had a room full of people phoning up pension providers and doing all of the form filling and doing the same sort of service. Uh, well, you know, apart from the fact the law's changed. But, you know, in theory, that you could do that. But financially, that's never going to be viable. So you have to use technology to scale what we as people can do. Um, so I think that's a really useful thing to kind of for us to be thinking of and for, you know, for us to start to spread to, you know, the media these kind of examples of, of things that are created because of technology rather than technology being a destructive force. Of course. So what are what are the goals for Pension B? Where do you see yourselves two years down the line? Well, hopefully with a, a lot more customers. Um, I mean, the journey has been really fun over the last 12 months um, because, you know, we're still finding people who look at the proposition and they go, that solves my immediate problem. That's brilliant. And you know we're going to continue pushing for as, as many of those as we can as we can get, you know. And I think there's there's lots of room left to to keep doing that. So and it's a massive market, yeah. you know. That's the thing. Something like 30 million people in the UK have pensions, and uh, you know, 
Jasper, like Jasper said, 37,000 people have signed up. That's a you know, very small proportion of, of the market. So we're a long way off, off being sort of at saturation point and having to think about, you know, what's, what's the next great idea that keeps yeah. the company sustainable. Um, I think also we keep continue to offer that transparency for people around their pensions. So things like more partnerships with other companies to offer that, you know, that's that, that visibility of what they actually have saved. I think that's stuff to look forward to. Um, and also what you've mentioned, like it's not just the digitally savvy young people who are getting this pension. We're actually seeing lots of people who are nearing retirement who actually want to get like a really good experience as well. So, you know, it's called drawdown. And, you know, those are like some really good steps we're taking in that direction where we just want to offer everybody a really good pension. I'll tell you another fun goal, which is all about the established industry and how difficult they can be. Mm -hmm. So, you know, one of our goals is to push forward a movement that consumers can really get behind mm -hmm. that says, it's my money, it's my pension. If I want to switch to a different provider, yeah. you know, you should be able to do that in, you know, let's say 10 days. Um, like you can a current account or an electricity yeah. or, yeah. you know, utility supplier. And that's a, a great campaign, you know, because it's so much fun to be just, you know, just going out with, you know, trying to pull the rest of the industry along with you and go, you know, it's all about the consumers. Like ultimately it's their money that we're managing, that we're responsible for. So let's yeah. you know, move them into the future. Of course, yeah. And I mean, it's not just like a, a short term savings goal or something. You're talking about like a, a pension. This is kind of what they've worked towards yeah. and kind of how they can plan out their... Uh, after retirement and everything yeah. so I think that's that's great kind of reminds me of you know like when TransferWise first launched having kind of all those people saying like oh we get screwed by the banks and everything and exactly. you know putting the the pressure on the banks and everything so I think it's great yeah. um so last question what advice would you give to anyone with an idea that wants to make the leap from corporate finance or from a previous big company um what what advice would you give them Make sure you love it. Yeah. I think make sure you're extremely motivated to fix the problem and that you feel that you're the right person to do it. Yeah. Because like any startup, they're going to experience setbacks. They're going to experience challenges. They'll experience, you know, late nights, sleepless nights, yeah. you know, um, not in the office, you know, just at home worrying, biting your nails. Yeah. But you'll also experience, you know, huge satisfaction and joy and um, you know, great moments of kind of self-belief, and it's a roller. So that's a roller coaster. Um, so that would be one piece of advice that you really do need to make sure that you know you're very much behind this, because if you're starting the business, the people will see you as kind of you know the leading light, and if you're not properly committed, you know, mentally, hundred percent on it, then that will be a challenge for you to sort of inspire your team. I think for me, the, um, not being a founder of Pension B, but joining them as one of the first um, is you are leaving a lot of securities behind, um, you know, nicer budgets, uh, nicer office, you know, you leave a lot of that stuff behind. So for me, the biggest tip is like, you need to be behind the idea and also the team 
um, like our CEO Romy, she calls it going into the bathtub together. So it gets really like it's it's not a lot of space, it gets really comfy sometimes. But that's how close it can get when it when you are a small team and and you're you're setting up the company. So having you know belief in each other, trust in each other, and really believe in the product that you are solving, trying to solve this problem. If you are bought into that, I think that makes making the leap from a lot of securities to something really like unknown much more easier um, to do cool. okay great well thank you very much and good luck with everything thank you very much thank, thank you the financial times guides you through complex issues in divisive times don't settle for black and white when you need the full perspective turn to ft.com become a subscriber today search for ft subscription Fintech innovation is changing the way we bank, and the speed we deploy new customer experiences is vital. Onboarding the right fintech partners can take months. Do you have time to lose? Introducing the Innovation Acceleration Platform from Temenos. Test fintech solutions at speed with real data straight from the core banking system. With a yearly subscription, you can begin testing the same day and create new customer experiences in no time. For more details, visit marketplace.temenos.com. This episode of Fintech Insider is brought to you by SmartDX, a smart communication solution. The days of managing capital markets documentation using Word docs and emails are over when you use SmartDX in its innovative, collaborative negotiation environment, built by the industry for the industry. SmartDX simplifies drafting, negotiation, and execution of all capital markets documentation for all asset classes and product types while giving you transparency, control, and digital data that can be extracted at any point in the process. Learn more at www.smartcommunications.com backslash SmartDX. Um, so I'm with Caroline Plum, the founder of Fluidly. Um, so Caroline, what's the elevator pitch for Fluidly? So Fluidly is intelligent business finance. And you know, it seems crazy to me that accounts today are so backward looking. You know, they tell you what happened in the past, time that's gone, costs that are sunk. It's like driving a business through the rear view mirror, completely hopeless actually for running day to day. So what Fluidly is about is about forward looking, predictive finance and cash flow, and then the ability to plan and manage and optimize that. And really, we're building an intelligence layer that sits on top of cloud accounting packages and top of bank accounts and uses the data within that to help businesses better manage their money. Okay, great. And that will be based on AI or? Yes. So we're at the combination of domain expertise around financial modeling, around machine learning and AI on the data that transactions that we've got, and then about actually adding human inputs to that. So leveraging the information on people's heads and building workflow so that we can actually better predict and manage, manage money. And it always seems crazy to me that you wouldn't have email without a spam filter and you would not use a computer network without any antivirus software. So why are businesses running money with nothing watching over it? And so what Fluidly is about is providing peace of mind, control and certainty over the cash moving in and out of a business and providing intelligent support around that. So why, why did you start Fluidly? Uh, so my own experience really of running businesses. Um, so I'm an entrepreneur. I've run my own businesses now for the last 15 years. And two of my prior businesses um, both have had pain points around getting paid and getting money back from large corporates. And it really, the pain point of running 
um, forecasting cash and managing working capital is something that any business owner knows an awful lot about. And it's something that's deeply frustrating today. And so for me, it was really understanding that pain point, having deep empathy around how you plan and manage cash flow that led me to start the business. And your previous businesses, not at all in the fintech space no. whatsoever. Um, so I used to work at Fresh Minds, very much kind of a, a services industry. Yeah. What What was it like sort of coming into the fintech space? So... Personally, I've always been interested in technology. So as a kid, I was one of those people that took like microwaves apart and hoovers and computers. And I read originally engineering and computer science at Oxford uh, and spent three summers as a software engineer at GCHQ. So I always had a love of technology and um, a passion for it. I got, you know, I spent lots of time building a business that's very different um, in Fresh Minds, you know, a business that is about selling to corporates and, and delivering work for them. But you again learn a lot about working capital management in that kind of business. One part of it is in recruitment. And there, you know, you pay um, your temporaries on a seven day cycle and you get paid on 60 days. So you have a lot of exposure to um, invoice finance, um, overdraft financing facilities, and you learn a lot about the practicalities of managing money. So the kind of two worlds have always been you know, together, really, in my mind. At the end of 2015, I decided it was a good time for me personally and professionally to do something new. And so I decided to start a new business and really spent quite a bit of time thinking about what that business was going to look like. And it had to have certain characteristics, uh, had to be highly scalable, had to be technology based, had to be venture backable uh, and had to have recurring revenue streams and had to be a pain point that I really knew and understood and um, had a lot of empathy for. And so for me, actually, the finances of small business um, and medium sized businesses are something that I'm passionate about. And it was a natural, a natural area to go into. Yeah, I mean, it's quite interesting because, I mean, we look at the likes of Hofsey and Penta and yeah. sort of the frustration of actually getting a bank account has actually yeah. fueled these ideas. So it's great to see kind of uh, entrepreneur and founder having that pain point yeah. and going ahead and actually doing something about it. So Fluidly is using like the hottest tech with AI. Um, it's in the hottest sector with SME um, looking to capitalize on PSD2, yeah. which can is going to be huge. Yeah. Um, how do you see everything sort of playing out? So, I mean, I think you're right. It's a really interesting time in the market and we feel super fortunate to have entered the market, you know, with really hopefully very good timing. Yeah, I think it's going to be a really interesting space. I think the banks are currently on a little bit on the back foot and it's going to be interesting to see how they respond to that. I think there's also a threat from the accounting players, actually, that I think sometimes the banks are overlooking, you know, but ultimately it's who is going to own the relationship that a business has with its money. And that's really why I want fluidly to sit. You know, ultimately, as a business owner, you have relationship with your accountant, with your bank, with your lawyers, you know, ultimately... There's nobody there really that's kind of for you and for your money. And I think there's a space there that someone can add advisory, albeit automated advisory, uh, and recommendations and have a different relationship that businesses have with their money. It's quite remote at the moment. It's sort of painful. It's distant. It's retrospective. And I think the businesses need to move to a place where it's predictive and forward-looking and optimized and, and um, valuable to them, uh, not on somebody else's agenda. And that's why I think the, you know, the winner in that space, I think, will own the relationship. And then you can do lots from there. Definitely. So what have been, what have been the, the big challenges to date? Um, big challenges to date. 
I guess it's the same with all startups. You know, the challenge is always around um, converting your vision and selling that vision to investors, to um, potential partners, to employees, and then getting it built and turning that initial kind of grain of an idea into a reality. So that's about finding and building a brilliant team, which I'm delighted to have found. Um, lots of people from the technology space, of course, but also heavily um, we're about we're machine learning and data analytics, very heavy. So um, for us, it's about combining the domain expertise around accounting with machine learning with a real empathy for the customer problem and commercial execution and bringing all that together into our offer. I mean, being based in London, there's so much support yeah. um, for fintech and entrepreneurs and yeah. startups. Um, what have you sort of tapped into? It's actually um, brilliant to see the change in London. So when I first started Fresh Minds, it was 2000. And we were literally on a dial-up internet connection, a uh, 46k modem, uh, which we shared um, between us. And there were, and I contacted my former university and said, "Like, can you connect me with anybody and uh, any entrepreneur?" There was nothing. There was no support. There were n- none of these things today. Uh, so it's brilliant to see the kind of level of um, support around accelerators, advisors, mentors. You know, that are emerging in London today. I think this time. I haven't made so much use of it, I suppose. Having built a business before without that infrastructure, Mm -hmm. I think you get quite good at building your own networks Mm -hmm. for support. And people talk about businesses like going it alone and setting up on your own. But I think it's the antithesis of that, really. It's about building a network of cheerleaders, supporters, um, potential partners and investors. And and that's really um, what I've drawn on in in getting the business up, up and running so far. Great. And we saw that you're part of the Nesta Open Up Challenge. Yeah. Can you tell us a bit about that? Yeah, so we were really delighted to be selected as one of the 20 businesses um, for the Open Up Challenge. Mm-hmm. Uh, again, from our perspective, you know, fortuitous timing um, that this has come into play at the time that we've also entered the market. Mm-hmm. So it's a great opportunity for us to get early access to the open banking APIs um, for a data sandbox, which is really super valuable in terms of being able to use that data for training our machine learning models around cash flow forecast and um, anomaly detection mm-hmm. and um, yeah hopefully good exposure and the other piece that we're really excited about is that we hope to be authorized by the FCA as an AISP and PISP and so clearly that's under consultation at the moment and having this regulatory support and networks through Nesta and um, we're helping will ease our journey a little. And so where do you see two years down the line yeah. how do you see the SME market unfolding what's your prediction for two years? Oh, that's really interesting. So predictions for two years. I mean, I think we'll see a huge number of entrants into SME market. And I think people are coming at the space from very different angles. You've got people coming from kind of neobank, um, from the traditional banks. You've got, I think, the accounting firms are looking at the space um, and, of course, pure startups. So it'd be interesting to see how that all washes out. Traditionally, the major issue for reaching SMEs is route to market. So anyone can build a brilliant product, but can you sell it? And, you know, we have, I hope, some good ideas around channel strategy. And I think that's going to be the interesting thing is to see how that plays out. Mm -hmm. Clearly, the banks hold all the aces in terms of distribution. Um, So the question is, how can an SME build a product that has got enough, you know, word of mouth that can drive adoption or can build an effective channel strategy that can, can leverage that? So I think it's going to be interesting to see how that plays. Absolutely. Um, and what are your what are your goals for Fluidly? A billion dollar business, <laughs> obviously. Are you looking to initially stay in the UK? Are you looking to go global or? 
So our focus is international from the outset, mm -hmm. and um, we're focused around uh, ecosystems um, that we think are allied to ours. So yeah. we'll initially be working very closely with Zero mm -hmm. uh, and looking at that whole ecosystem, which is very much a kind of international one from the from the outset. Yeah. And our investor base mm -hmm. um, is already North American as well as UK. So we're very focused on building an international footprint. Yeah, that's great. I mean, there's a lot of interesting kind of plays coming out of the US. So PayPal yeah. with their business in a box, yeah. um, Amazon as well. So I think that that's, that's fantastic. And I mean, Zero is just kind of the, the forefront of accounting and their marketplace is brilliant. Yeah. And yeah. It's, it's a great sort of partner to have. Um, um, so what advice would you give to startups? Oh, <laughs> that's such a big question. <laughs> and I wouldn't claim to have all the answers at all. I mean, the first advice is always just take the plunge mm -hmm. and do it. Because I think so many people prevaricate mm -hmm. as to whether you're going to do it or not and um, whether you can really do it. So I think that the first thing is just take the plunge and really understand the pain in the market mm -hmm. and the needs deeply. Yeah. And I think, you know, you'll know from Fresh Minds, you know, we're all about understanding, you know, customers and markets. Mm -hmm. And so trying to understand what those needs are and then be really innovative about thinking of the solution. And, and finally, I think just you've got to love the problem. Uh, because there's a lot of pain in startups yeah. you know it, there's a lot of romanticism it's great and you see all the great fun pieces but yeah. there's a lot of like hard work mm -hmm. and um you know difficult moments and I think if you fall in love with your solution it's not enough to sustain you you've really got to be passionate about the problem mm -hmm. um believe in the overall vision mm -hmm. and focus on those kind of sunny uplands and that will let you kind of hack your way through the jungle yeah. um to get there Cool. Okay. Well, thank you so much. We're looking forward to seeing um, Fluidly live in the market and good luck with everything. Thank you very much. Great. Well, some fantastic interviews there. Thank you very much to our own Megan Johnson and of course to Caroline, Jonathan and Jasper. Great to hear from them and the changes they're creating in the money management and pension space. That's our show. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast so you never miss an episode. And if you want to get in touch, you can find us on our Fintech Insider Facebook page or follow us on Twitter at Fintech Insiders. Speak to you soon.